0: So you, you you added this topic. What do you want to talk about?
1: I didn't I added this topic to the, the the ideas list, not the next show list.
0: Who added it to the next show
1: list?
2: How did it end up in discussion? I don't know. We can cut uh, we can cut all this out. But No, that's
1: nope. fine. No you
0: know Thomas did it yesterday at six twelve PM. I love audit logs.
1: <laughs> oh no.
2: <laughs> he's right i'm totally looking at it <laughs> oh jeez. oh
1: god what did i do
0: You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, episode 16, recorded Thursday, June 23rd, 2016. In this episode of PHP Ugly, we talk about the latest San Diego Laravel meetups, more about the Vue.js, when to use a single-page application, the difference between protected, private, and final, some of the ups and downs around working as a web developer
2: in the adult industry. Mm.
0: Let's get started.
2: It's that time of week again. Mm. It's time for PHP Ugly. <laughs>
0: it is Thursday <laughs> almost, night. It's late maybe. Thursday night, and <laughs> this is not going to be good.
2: I think we finally got live streaming working, and, and my makeup is all just in shambles.
1: Yeah. The, seriously, the bag's under your eyes. You need look, some work.
2: Look. Everybody can see your now. There's a puppy. There's a buggy. Look the most
0: important member of the podcast.
2: <laughs> ah. No. Thomas is the most important member. He's the one we named it after.
1: (laughs) Oh, jeez. Hey, I'm the one who's showing up to meetups now. You guys are are just flaking on me left and right.
0: We were both there last night. What are you talking
1: about? Are you going to be at the next one?
0: No, I'm not. For sure.
1: For sure sure not. He says without giving context to our listeners.
0: Nobody cares about me having another kid. You could have
1: ended that. I would say you could have stopped it. Nobody cares about you. (laughs) That too. Nobody cares. That's not true. All the people who care about you are in this channel right now.
2: That's right. What have you guys
1: been up
0: to this week?
2: I'm happy to be back in San Diego. It was, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. It was it was hot in Arizona. I mean, it got up to 120 by the time I left. I couldn't wait Ugh. to get out of that place. I, I don't know how people live out there. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. I, I know. I, I played
0: ultimate in 108, and it, that was crazy enough. I can't imagine 120.
2: Well, I got I, I got to be honest with you. I think after 110, it doesn't even matter anymore. There's not that much difference between 110 and 120. It's just so stinking hot. <laughs> You're melting at that point. Yeah. It doesn't really matter.
1: It, it got to about 85 here, and that was just un- intolerable.
0: <laughs> the joys of living close to the coast, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. I almost for a second couldn't smell the beach. It was d- disturbing. Bastard.
2: I remember living on the beach. Best time of my life. I
1: remember having money.
2: <laughs> well, yes, you don't get both, I guess. <laughs> no,
1: you have to pick one.
2: What's everybody been up to? Anything fun?
1: Uh, no, I mean, this has been an incredibly quiet week for PHP. It's been a it has been.
2: Pretty man. quiet week in general, just for tech in, in general, I think.
0: Actually, I have some just before we started recording. I finished up a little, uh, not finished a project, but finished a feature on a project using a closure table
1: ah playing with the closure tables I we were, yeah we were discussing this earlier so can can you explain what's going on no. with this I don't know what I don't know what this is at all <laughs>
0: not very well uh, <laughs> I can try to so I actually now have two projects where a closure table is implemented the original one they I think they overused this project design pattern, for lack of a better word. They used it with a folder structure. It works. Every time I've gone into that code, because I didn't know what it was called at the time, and I was very confused, I hated it. Now that I know the terminology of a closure table, I've been able to do a little more research, and it makes sense. And basically, it allows you to take a tree of data and then move nodes around within it. Uh, So the person that implemented it on the previous project, they they looked at a top-level folder as a root node and then subfolders being beneath it, and it works. So then you could easily move a subfolder up to a parent folder. The queries are super fast because you can then say, I need everything, every folder that is under this folder. So it has merit, but... I still think it's overkill in a folder structure type of scenario.
2: So so I know you, you touched on it, but can, can you just one more time just kind of explain the purpose of a closure table? What what the, What is its intention? So
0: it's just a way of having a nested set of data.
2: Nested set of data. There you go. Okay.
0: I think the project we're working on now, it's getting a little hairy because it's not all of one type of data. So in a, in the folder example, every entity is a folder in that table in the, the current project. Again, I just did it literally minutes ago. It's using four different types of data and I'm not exactly sure how it's all going to play out in the end. So I look forward to reporting the, on that in the near future.
2: That's one of the great things about it being a developer, right? I mean, you get something up and working, and then you start iterating from there. Yeah.
1: So. That's yeah, great. that and you get excited about dumb stuff. Yeah. Which it's it's good for me because I'm generally a very boring person. So <laughs> if it weren't for the dumb stuff that excited me, I, I'd live a very dull life.
2: Well, what's been exciting you lately?
1: Well, just we we had a, a meet up. Uh, yesterday and we were discussing a project that we're all working on and i sort of realized that i had a a big chunk of work to do that was all one logical ball that i could wrap my head around and i could sit doing for four hours so i got very excited about having a chunk of work you know something (laughs) solid you know one of my one of my least favorite things is when i have a ticket that says uh yeah we need to change the header text on 20 pages like oh that's a wonderful use of my time that is I'll just I'll spend eight hours editing one line at a time on twenty files that's just awful. That
0: takes you eight hours to do.
1: Well, if I hate doing it, yeah. <laughs> you know.
0: Note to self.
2: You re- you referenced <laughs> our meetup yesterday. We had our Laravel meetup in Thomas. You were one of the presenters.
0: We had two presentations. One was really good. The other was
2: eh. They were both very good. Yeah. I was I we'll was let very you, We'll let you know that.
1: which one was eh, at the end of the podcast. Spencer,
2: <laughs> Spencer don't <laughs> you listen to, the listen to them, thing. Spencer? If you're listening to this podcast, you were awesome. I
0: was talking about I was talking about Thomas personally, but Oh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> was, eh. Thomas, I don't know if we shared it with you yesterday, but your presentation was very timely. Uh it turns out that what you presented on, which was creating a service provider in Laravel, uh, hit home with one of the developers there on a project that she's working on for Diego Dev, and we are going to be. She's going to be writing a service provider for a search functionality that she was struggling with getting her head around how she wanted to tackle it. And after she saw your presentation, she's like, "There, that's it. That's perfect. That's what it. That's how it should be done." So.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Wow. Yeah, you know, um, one of the key focuses of that, that presentation was that this presentation was, is only a half hour long. And writing the presentation took me an hour. Um, but the code itself is, is a two-minute task. You know, creating a service provi- a provider sort of skeleton is really, really fast. And it saves you so much headache and, and time at least in Laravel.
0: That's one thing I liked about your presentation was you even said, write it once, it's going to take you a while, write it a second time, it's going to be a lot faster, and by the third time, super simple.
1: Yeah, it's, it's incredibly easy. In, in Laravel, you have a, a bootstrapping process which allows you to register uh, classes into the IOC. And when those classes are registered, they're either called... Uh, dynamically, or they're loaded in the bootstrap process. Uh, so creating a service provider basically lets you write an object that you can insert into the IOC, which can be, you know, called back at any time, any you know, somewhere else in the code, and creating the facade sort of sticks with some of the older Laravel patterns, mm-hmm. uh, and then... You know, it it really it lets you write a class that you can call all over the place, either as a singleton or uh, as a bound class, and it also really helps with abstraction. Um, service providers will bind uh, your your service to a contract, and so when you need to access your service, you call it by the contract's name. Laravel resolves the contract to the specific instance, and that lets you execute. Okay. But if you need to do a mock, then you can bind it based off of the environment. So in your testing environment, you would bind it to a mock object, which would provide mocked results.
2: I think I know the answer to this next question, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyways.
1: Uh, About six inches.
2: What is the difference between a service provider and the my personal favorite, the repository pattern? When, when would you create a service As opposed to a repository.
1: Well, repository is a database abstraction technique. So when you're accessing your data, you're saying you're using something like Redis, MySQL. uh, You've got NoSQL solutions. So really the repository pattern is a different type of contract for managing data versus processing data or something like that. No, that was
2: perfect. Actually, that's exactly I think a good way
1: of putting it. Yeah, I mean, you're putting me on the spot. I gotta, I gotta.
2: Oh, I thought, I thought it was a softball. I'm probably wrong. No, no, I thought that was a softball, <laughs> man. <laughs> like no,
1: that. I know, but when, whenever I'm asked to be an authority on the matter, I always end a sentence with maybe, possibly, <laughs> not maybe. sure. Yeah, I'll talk. I'll talk for an hour on something and then say, you know, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> What do you think?
2: <laughs> no, I think you, uh, yeah, I think you nailed it there. That was perfect, and and
1: I, I might, I, s- I might have. <laughs> We're not sure.
0: Hence the maybe at the end of the sentence.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll <laughs> we'll find out in the comment section. You can't hold
2: me to anything because I didn't say for sure.
0: <laughs> so the second topic we had, or the second presentation we had, was it interested me because it built on a presentation I did prior, uh, Spencer, who. God bless him. I've been trying to get him to do an SDPHP presentation now for years since I met the guy. Always refuses. Thomas says, "Hey, do you want to present at Laravel?" And he says, "Sure, I'll do it."
1: Bastard. <laughs> See, anyway. it's it's not in what you ask, it's in how you ask it because I asked him, "What is he presenting for the next meetup?"
0: How do you think I'd ask
1: him all the time? Same thing. Get yeah, on. just a little more a little more slurred. A little, hey hey Spencer. What are you doing Me? later? Never.
0: Uh, I'm allergic to alcohol. I don't drink. Not one drop.
1: If you were allergic to alcohol, we'd have to, we'd have to call the hospital right now.
0: Anyway, so he, he did a presentation on doing authentication in a legacy app via Laravel. And it built on a presentation I gave a, a couple months back, how to wrap your legacy app in Laravel. We we have lots of code out there. It's not good. It's antiquated legacy. And we've actually used this technique of wrapping Laravel around an application and authentication is a little more difficult to to wrap into there. And I didn't cover that in my presentation. So he he took it upon himself to Make his presentation, you know, extend what I did, and then wrap it around that. But because it was client code that we can't share, he needed to find another uh, example piece of code, and he happened to use WordPress,
2: which kind of derailed the presentation a little bit because people started asking questions specific around WordPress, and (laughs) And, and, and it was really. No, it's just an example. I didn't really. I'm not
0: expecting you to do this, but it's possible.
2: Matter of fact, don't ever do this. This is a bad idea.
0: (laughs) So, I found it fascinating. I thought he did a great job. I told him before the meetup that I was going to heckle him the entire time because he didn't present for SDPHP first. But his, the way he presented was fantastic, and I couldn't interrupt him.
2: He's such a good. Speaker, I mean, he's just a naturally good talker, and he can keep talking and talking. You'll you'll listen to him until you have to go to the bathroom or something. But <laughs> he's a he's a great talker, I tell you.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I enjoyed it. I just just can't stop looking at his beautiful mouth. <laughs> <Whoa>. that, <laughs> that,
2: <laughs> that went really bad real quick. <laughs>
0: He he gets that from the type of work he does on a normal basis.
1: Yeah. Quality.
2: Quality? You do quality work on a normal basis?
1: Qual- yeah. For you guys. <laughs> you haven't noticed?
0: Uh last time I checked we were not in the adult industry.
1: Yeah. I have a I have a whole lecture to give about development in the adult industry.
2: Are you are you coming out of the closet, Thomas? Are you are you letting the world know that that you work in porn?
1: I've never kept it secret. I just don't you usually come out with it immediately and say say Yeah, i of course you know what do you do for a living? Oh, I make porn websites. You know, <laughs> no, it's, I work I work on CMSs. You your boss did that. That's...
0: Your, your that's... boss showed up to a, a meetup once and started handing out business cards. I was like,
2: oh. Okay.
1: He's a little bit more gregarious than I am.
2: <laughs> you gotta stop using big words, man. Gregarious. What, what? I'm do, sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, gregarious.
0: So you 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 added this topic. What do you want to talk about?
1: <laughs> I didn't. I added this topic to the, the the ideas list, not the next show list.
2: Who added it to the next show list? H- how did it end up in uh, discussion?
1: I don't
0: know.
2: We can cut uh, we can cut all this out. But No, that's nope. fine. No, uh, you know
0: Thomas did it yesterday I, at six twelve p.m. I love audit logs.
1: Oh no.
2: <laughs> He's right. I'm totally looking at it. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh God, what did I do? Call with Pants Town and Please, wait. expand.
1: <laughs> that's how it works, yes. Um Right, yeah, so, you know, so I want to. I want to do. For the record, I, I want Hold on, uh,
2: let, let's address the elephant in the room—the PHP elephant in the in the room here. So, for the record, the the adult industry has a long track record of being uh, leaders in technology. Right. I mean,
1: sure. I I would say you're welcome for having the internet.
2: Oh, the internet. They yeah. de- they decided the VHS beta uh, debate. They decided the DVD, uh, um, Blu-ray, HD DVD uh, debate. I mean that industry alone has set the tone for just about every sort of media that we consume today. If the porn industry adopts it, that's what everybody goes to. I mean, there's just no yeah. debate in it.
1: Well, and it's because you know we're we're working yeah. with we're working with the. Most people, We're, we've got the the highest website loads. We've got the most users. You know, it, the the adult industry is the extreme end of web development. Um, and you're dealing with money, people, emails, uh, content, mobile devices versus desktop devices. I mean, security. We have to lots of security. yeah, yeah, security. Uh, you know, we we have we have what you would consider to be the the toughest job outside of I guess banking on the internet uh, for security oriented stuff. Uh, it's there's everything is in there. You know, um, where if you're going to work for an adult website as a as a lead developer, you're going to have to have a pretty good understanding of all of the web technologies that are out there and. Yeah, we've well, I I've, I've seen it all. I really have. I've seen software developed in Russia that had backdoors built into it that have run on systems for a long time. Um, and, and you, you have
2: the luxury of working for one of the more reputable adult content providers out there. I mean, they're...
1: I do Yeah, I do now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I've worked for a sort of less than reputable place and that was definitely a, a reason for leaving that place, uh, having to deal with sending out millions of emails and things like that. And, you know, there, there are tricks in the adult industry that all of the online, anything you pay for online uses, uh, it's just sort of, we're on the more cutting edge of things that are maybe, maybe questionable. I don't know, Uh, but yeah, I work for what I would consider one of the more reputable companies, and I'm I'm glad to have that position now as opposed to some of my previous positions. And you know, one of the things is is that when you're when you're hiring people to work for you at an adult company, it's a really nice to hear that they've already worked in the adult industry because you know that there isn't going to be a problem with someone who uh, just can't deal with the sort of saturation of the material that there is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, y- you sort of think, Hey, yeah, if someone knows they're going into a, a job at an adult company, they're going to see a lot of adult material. Uh, but we've had people who left after the first day mm-hmm. programmers came in and then, you know, I've, I've had a couple of guys who said, yeah, yeah, no problem, whatever. <laughs> and then, just didn't come back for day two and you sort of go well that's all right but that that would be something to know about yourself
0: (laughs) yeah but also at the same time while you do see it we've also had lots of conversations where as a developer you don't have to see it on a daily basis oh no not at all in in development you're not looking at necessarily porn You, you could be looking at other pictures yeah i have it doesn't matter. i have
1: seeded i have seeded data that's all uh stock images of cats mm-hmm. and you know it, if you were to look at me working you would just think i work for a cat website yeah you wouldn't have any idea what we, the, we've co-worked numerous times and it hasn't been an issue it's not like you're yeah you have to be hiding you know, there there are situations where there's he does uh, code a with that on.
2: trench coat on, though. It's so weird. It's like <laughs> really, the trench coat.
1: Yeah, but that's that's just a, a reference to the Matrix. I don't really have anything to do with the the adult industry for that. When I'm when I'm, sitting, when I'm when I'm parking myself down, you know, to work out of Starbucks or whatever, I do make sure that I'm facing a wall and not a table full of children. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, because I'll I, no, because I'll get links from my boss and say, "Hey, we've got an error on this page. Can you take a look at it?" And you know, after all this time working, I sort of just go, "Oh yeah, sure, whatever," and pull it up and then see what the problem is. And then you know, you pull up a link and go, "Whoa, <laughs> all right, <laughs> that's not safe for Starbucks." <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of issues, but really, it's it's never been a problem. It's just that things are difficult because it's such a heavily used website right
0: so so you added this card to to trello was there something specific you wanted to mention or is it just
1: you the, already the know that i guys? don't remember adding the card to trello you
0: just moved it last night
1: <laughs> do you do you remember what you were doing last night at that time at
0: six o'clock yes i was feeding my kid. Actually, no, I was at a meet-up last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was not feeding my kid at all.
1: Exactly. No, you were wait, sitting wait, there next to me to prove your point there, John.
0: Good job. Damn it. Every night, except for a meet-up night, I'm feeding my kid at that time.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I just... that I. It it has unique challenges. Um we, we process massive amounts of video data. We use a website called encoding dot com to process our our video files so that we generate one file, send it off to them, and they send us a terabyte back of all of the different video formats that are required for all everything that we do. Um you know, we're we're producing VR stuff now and VR requires all sorts of different things and you know, sometimes you see stuff that makes you laugh, and sometimes you see stuff that you just sort of go, "Ugh, all right, this, again." But it's not a whole lot different than development in a in a normal system. Eric, I I know last week you were you were in Arizona,
0: but you were working with. I'm not doing with Thomas. I am. So you were working on it. You <laughs> you were using a new JavaScript framework.
2: I that, I was yeah
0: that we we. We've kind of been talking about, but you've kind of fallen in love with it, and I wanted to know a little bit more about your thoughts on it.
2: I don't know if I'm in love yet. Uh, We're definitely doing some heavy petting. Um, So I think I'm... Is that... um,
0: Going right back to the adult (laughs) industry.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Vue.js. Very, very excited about my progress with with Vue. Um, I find myself... So I was working on a single-page application... And decided to use Vue because there's just been so much hype behind it in the Laravel communities, <clears throat> and it's it's lived up to that hype. I mean, it's been a super simple, uh, framework, Java framework to implement, uh, get things done with. It makes some of the uh, tasks that aren't exactly difficult to do in other JavaScript frameworks, uh. But it it just makes it a lot simpler to do with Vue JS. Um, so I've, I I kind of had gotten to a point where we we got a proof of concept done with the single page application, and I I am now finding myself continuing to dig deeper and deeper into the Vue JS APIs and looking at uh, what else I can do with it. So yes, I'm enjoying it. What can you What can you do with it? The biggest thing that, and we, we mentioned it last week as well, is the different ways to bind to, uh, parts of your application are just fantastic. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just a, it's a fun framework to work with. Um, I'm looking forward to, uh, just leveraging it moving forward and seeing tackling challenges that typically I would have, uh, I would have skirted past implementing JavaScript around be- because you know, I didn't want to have to try to figure out how to do it in JavaScript. Vue just has a lot of components that it brings to the table that makes it a lot easier.
0: So we've had this, <laughs> this topic on our list for a while to talk about, and now that you've done a SPA app, what are your thoughts? Should we write SPA applications? How big do you think they should be?
2: Right. So, for the Spa app, it was fun doing. Um, I could see on a very limited use case needing a Spa app as a web application, uh, where maybe it's only a couple of pages. But once it gets past a couple of pages, and again, it's, it's difficult to say because once you start doing it in Vue.js, the, the fact that it's a spa application almost becomes transparent because all your pages become components. You have this view router that you use to, to route to them. So even though it's a single-page app, you don't realize it as a developer. But even with all that said, it doesn't bring enough benefit uh, to the table to develop single-page applications. I mean, it was fun doing it, and I can see... Like I said, maybe from a, for, for a marketing site, a one- or two-page application, using it as a spa app, but a full-fledged application, there's just no benefit to it. Unless, what,
0: But what about mobile? And, I mean, what if you want unless, to bring it into a mobile app?
2: Yeah, unless you're trying to make the application mobile-friendly. That would be the only exception to that. And, and that, that was our goal with the single-page application we were creating. We were... Intensity trying to create an application that was a good experience on mobile devices. Um, if that's your goal, then, yeah, uh, a spa's way to go. Vue.js is definitely, like I said, makes it drop-dead simple to do. Uh, once you start to understand um, how the routing works and how components work, the fact that it's a single-page application, again, just becomes a... Um, a second thought you don't you don't even have to worry about it because you know you got to remember we're working i'm working in laravel here so the majority of the page is actually being rendered by um a blade template and then i have a binding within that blade template for my for my view js application and it just so the the whole page out, out of the whole page i'm only um Rendering a small small piece of it, a small, you know, part of the body.
1: Hmm.
2: Um, so it's real real nice to do. Um, if again, if you if you're shooting for mobile applications, it's it's definitely worth doing. But I don't th- <laughs> I don't think it brings enough uh, to the table to kind of continue to do moving forward for, for your regular uh, web app.
0: Now I know Thomas put this card on our list. What are your thoughts? See, I'll call you
1: out. No problem. Uh, my, okay, my thoughts right are, there. when did I put all these cards on the list? I, no, February, the, the short wait, answer wait, 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 is no. No, no I,
0: I can answer that. Uh, February 14th. You did it on Valentine's Day this year.
1: I put it on the next show section of the list? No,
0: no, no. You added it to the list. Oh. It, it kind of fell into the JS, so I moved it over yeah, the next yeah. show.
1: Yeah, the short answer is no, you should not write a spa app. Oh, why is that? As much as I love Vue.js and, and all that, and as, as nice as certain single-page functionality can be, an entire app running as a single-page app it is incredibly frustrating to debug. It is frustrating for desktop users because your back and forward buttons do not function correctly. Uh, without a significant amount of work. And uh, handling CSRF is a pain, uh, unless you're using specific framework-specific stuff. You know, it's just... I, I've i used good SPA applications, but good SPA applications are very difficult to write. They add a lot of time to the process. Uh, bad SPA applications take the same amount of time to write, but they're bad.
2: Yeah, I think that's where Vue.js starts to shine. Because like I said, once you get your, I I mean, the the debugging is not that big of an issue. Uh, There's tools uh, for debugging JavaScript, and there's actually tools specific for Vue.js that you can add to your Chrome inspector. Uh, The the browser button um, issue you reference is a valid one. Uh, and and I, think, I think Vue actually handles that for you. I, I would have to test it again, but I thought I, I tested that, and I think Vue is actually handling that. Um, but I am not positive on that. I would, I would need to test it. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of those arguments do, don't really hold a lot of water um, with the Vue.js framework because, again, it just really makes it pretty simplistic to do. Uh, the only thing I'm not clear on, and, and because you know you're obviously not loading all the pages at the same time, I'm not even really sure how much of a performance hit
1: you take. Right? Probably not much, if any at all. Sure. Um, you know, and, and one of the issues with that is that the Vue.js JS framework didn't get a stable release until March 26th, which would be a month after I wrote do
2: not use spa apps very true (laughs) good good point yeah so 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 yeah i'm not i'm not jumping on the spa app bandwagon but i am feeling a lot more comfortable doing them and it's probably still me thinking in traditional web development there i'm not going to commit to thinking spa apps or a spa is the answer for everything out there but I, I'm definitely more. I would be more inclined to to do them uh, for smaller applications. It, it's more it's
0: more fun to learn about new libraries that are out there and just get familiar with things that are available to us. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely fun to learn the new stuff that's out, and you know, it's it's new for a reason. It's got some value. Uh, I just at the time didn't like spa <clears throat> apps at all.
0: Yeah, they have their place, but
1: yeah, like free, you said, mobile stuff is definitely the place where spa apps work the best. True.
2: Yeah. great Agree.
0: So, so I, I was trying to research topics for tonight's show, and I found something that strikes a nerve with me personally, and I want your opinion on it. <laughs> Protected versus private versus final.
1: Oh God. Oh. Okay, not oh God I,
0: I just want to know your 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 point your, uh, you, your you
1: actually you left out you left out public, which on purpose I mean public is obvious, but well public is the least obvious though because that's the one you don't have to actually say
0: okay
2: <laughs>
0: ah. <laughs> but in the in the context of writing objects, public is separate finalists. I want to say newer because I don't really use it.
2: Say I, I have
0: a protected. It. I have a protected versus private issue, mm-hmm. and I think private is overused personally. But I want to know your thoughts. Uh,
1: a lot of these best practices apply most finely to code that's going to be used by other developers. So things things like protected versus private versus final. Uh, if you're writing a library then, that you're going to publish that other people are going to use, you need to know the differences mm-hmm. um, because you're going to be held accountable either you know, financially if you're selling something or emotionally if you read the comments section for doing something the wrong way. <laughs> so if your code is going to break because some variable that shouldn't be overwritten gets overwritten then you're going to get yelled at by somebody calling you an amateur and starting a flame war. Um, And it also has a lot to do with IDE helpers. So properly scoping your variables and methods helps the IDE tell anyone implementing it or even you using it later on what stuff is available and should be available versus what stuff is internal, should not be used, outside of the library being written. You know, this comes up a lot in service providers. If I'm writing a service provider, I need to make sure certain things don't ever get changed versus get changed if it gets uh Yeah, but again, cloned. The, the,
2: question, the question is between uh, um, protected and private. So even if you're writing a package, I, I mean, to, to me, the, the, the mm-hmm. biggest difference between protected and private is, uh, you know, one... one the, the variables are still available to you if you're extending the class. I think that's protected, right? So, so if you have a protected function and you have, or, or if you have protected variables and things like that, and protected functions within a class, and you extend that class, then that stuff is still available to the class that extended it. But a, a private, that's not the case, and mm-hmm. you you keep referring to if you're writing a package or something like that but usually people aren't extending classes from packages you wrote you know they they're leveraging whatever functionality that package has
1: right no absolutely not no i extend stuff all the time if you let's say you've got a router package that you need to add support for subdomains too or if you've got a mail package that you need to add support for SSL to. That's yep. um, Yeah, I, I get you. You know, uh, you're not always going to have a complete polished package that does everything you want it to do. Or, you know, in larger projects, you have packages that were developed by other members of the team internally, and you don't have permission to modify their package, but you do have the ability to extend it.
2: it- So from a closed-source internal business use case scenario, which is, I think, kind of one of the things you refer to there, isn't that detrimental to development if if you do make something protected? I mean, uh, if you do make something private, uh, I mean, aren't you potentially opening yourself to having to refactor a lot more code in the event that you ever do need to change something within that uh, method?
1: Well, yeah. There is, but there is the accountability issue as well. You, it, it is a balance in that case. You have to decide, am I going to get blamed for someone else breaking this or am I going to have to come and change it later on to make sure that it's still working? Right. You know, which, which one do you want to deal with?
0: My issue is more with within a team I'm on, people don't understand the difference between protected and private. And all they know is public and private. So they often make classes private not knowing why they're doing it. So sure. when so when I'm talking to newer developers and I'm looking at their code I don't pick apart their code so much as much as ask why did you do this? And I want to I want to know from their perspective what they're doing, if they know why they're doing it. So in the case of protected versus private why did you choose private over protected? And normally they don't know. I'm like, I didn't know there was a difference. And there's been a number of times where I've wanted to go and extend code that I couldn't because somebody made it private without knowing why. And there was nothing private about it. I should have been able to extend it and build upon their objects, but couldn't.
1: So it sounds like the problem really is that you need to screen your developers better. Yeah, I mean there there is definitely that piece,
0: <laughs> but it's a, it's a frustrating thing from my end knowing the difference.
1: It is, it is it's a frustrating thing to to have the wrong to have it done the wrong way, but it's a necessary feature of a complete uh software language. No, I
0: agree, and, and that's just something I want to get across is knowing the difference on what those things mean.
2: So what's the difference between final and private?
0: I I don't have a good use of final. What does it do? So, f- Do fi- you
1: even know the answer? I do not know the answer.
0: The Damn article it. I am reading to which I posted this to our discussion group or our discussion list, he is going the other way of making everything final until he finds out why not to. And
2: That's an interesting yeah. approach
1: not sure that I agree on that one. And, and, no. I'm,
2: and I'm still not sure I understand the difference between pri- uh, yeah, private and final.
1: So with, with private, you can
0: extend a class. You can't overwrite methods within it. I may not have said that right. With, with private, you can, you can extend. So I can, I can extend your class and I can add methods. Mm-hmm. With a final class, I cannot even add methods to it. I can't extend it at all.
2: You can't extend. It. So the the final actually gets applied to the class, and that not, right. Not the well, panel. I
0: mean, it's both. It, it it gets both the class or the method.
2: Well, that is interesting uh, if you think about about it from that perspective. So it sounds like the uh, author of that article. I mean. I don't know, depending on his development environment, you know, he's creating classes that he thinks fulfills a need, and he essentially is saying, Okay, somebody explain to me why my class doesn't fulfill your need and you feel like you need to extend it, because if you need to extend it, it's probably enough of a use case where I can add it to the actual class.
0: That's that's fair. I mean, that's a good good thought process, but dealing with people on my own team where they're creating a class and we don't use final but they use protected and it gets very frustrating when wait i just want to be able to do something on top of what you've done
2: right, right. i
0: want to be able to i want to be able to call the the parent class do whatever you're supposed to do and i want to do something after or i want to do something beforehand
2: and yeah I, 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 I totally I totally get that and, and i I side more with you, but the more I sit here and think about it, it and again, prefixing that with I completely agree with you, John, um, on it it seems to be more detrimental, but thinking from a very large organization, like talking enterprise level development where you have contractors coming in. Touching code bases, leaving big development teams. I can see a scenario where somebody has extended a class several times now, or, or multiple people have extended a class several times just to create the same functionality, and, and you have this scenario where you have you know duplicate code doing basically the same thing, and then then somebody comes in and says, "Well, wait a minute, I've got six six classes here that all extend this." one class, and they all seem to be doing the same thing. Why did we do that? As opposed to bubbling... Uh, that wouldn't even be bubbling up, but pulling it into the original class. Yes. So by, hey. by making it final, then that uh, use case... I mean, that seems pretty weak. But Because eventually, if you decide, yeah, there's a use case not to, not to have make this method final anymore, then you've opened up the floodgates at that point.
0: All right. And, and just to clarify making a class final you can't extend the class at all making a method final you can extend the class and add more methods you cannot override that specific method
1: so take take for example the symphony request object so its its functionality is to read directly from the session of php and to cover some sort of gotchas that are that are bad in PHP session handling. So the methods that fetch that data should be final, because you don't want anyone to extend your your class, you don't want anyone to extend the request class and start changing the core of where it gets the data from, because that compromises the integrity of the rest of what it is yeah. doing. Yes and no. I mean, I could foresee
0: having other gotchas that I wanna, I wanna override. In my personal app, I may want to do something that Symphony hasn't thought
1: about. It may not. Well, be, it may free, not be. You're free to edit the source for Symphony or no, fork it but, yourself. But but, but I, I wanna extend once it forked it, and, it, you have. Once you've forked it and made that change, then you have let symphony the symphony group off the, see, the hook for any problems you cause nah. see, i see i in that in that instance i disagree i agree i, agree.
2: I agree so, as as
0: know. a right as a framework you're providing me
1: a structure i want to use but it isn't, your it isn't structure. About, no it isn't about it being used as a framework it's about it being used as a library so the this is the same as the case that eric gave
0: right i'm using your library to do of what you think is correct, but for my specific app, I should be able to override it and do what I want.
1: Well, consider it the same as a contract where you're using this library under the pretense that this is how it was intended to be used by the developer. If you want to change it, you're free to do so. But now with
0: final, you're not. With final, you can't change it.
1: No, with final you can still get the source code for that library. Edit the source code, but I don't so want to do that. That's final. stupid. I
0: should not have to. Right. I should not have to edit but, source code to make. But changes. they don't want
1: you. They don't want you
0: to. Then, then they're idiots. I'm not using Symfony anymore.
1: <laughs> well, this is the thing: is that they don't. It's not. It's not you in this case. It's Laravel. So Laravel Ooh. extends the Symfony request object into the Laravel request object.
0: I think you're getting off point going with publicly accessible libraries. They don't make things final unless there's a very, very good reason. They don't make things protected unless there's a very, very good reason. And that's my point with newer developers, knowing the difference between those three keywords, making things 99% of the time, you're going to make it protected. Very rarely we make it private and even more rarely we make it final. But you need to know what those are doing and what they mean.
1: Sure. But I can tell you that my vendor directory right now, I grepped it and my vendor directory has hundreds of uses of final class, final function. You're doing it wrong. (laughs) It's my vendor directory. I'm not doing nothing.
2: You're not reading your Slack, that's for
1: sure. That's that's true too. I'm doing a podcast.
2: Yes, I'm trying to help you because we're live streaming a podcast, and we have zero viewers. But this will be forever recorded, and that stuff on your stash is always going to be there. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs>
1: well, the, the live fun- streaming was. You're right. The
0: funny thing is, I read that, and I was thinking, get stash, not mustache. <laughs> <laughs> so to geeks. to bring people up to speed, he he wrote, "Clean your stash," and I'm like, "What
1: are you talking about?" No, it took me a second too, because this is a fucking beard.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're such
2: geeks. You know, you can't help it. Oh, I thought it was good.
0: Oh, that's funny.
2: Yeah. All, All right. right. So that
1: well, was- I can tell you, there's in in my current vendor directory there are 96 uses of final class and so there are nine uses of final function so in a in a
0: library i could somewhat foresee that but even i still hate that the the library thinks that they know exactly how their product is going to be used
1: if they're to be clear here the 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 library I'm referencing specifically is PHP spec. I, I I don't use that enough to know for sure if I'd want to extend any of those
0: specific classes. Well, no, but, you, but you can't. It's the spec for PHP. Okay. Again, I don't use it, so I don't know.
1: I mean, that's that's just a, an example. There is that these all of these classes that use final are doing something with core PHP functionality, mm-hmm. something that. Something that if you changed it would break the system right. because PHP doesn't do this. Right.
0: So there are, I'm not arguing that there's not cases for final or for private. I'm arguing that it is overused and that especially newer developers don't know the difference between the three. Sure. And even,
1: I, and, and I agree. And that is an issue.
0: So that, that's the sure. only reason I brought that up is I've, I've seen code recently from developers. They make things private. You ask them why they made it private. It's because they didn't know the difference between protected and private. And that's my frustration. It's I wanted to use your your object to do something a little bit differently or add functionality to it, but you're not allowing me. Why? Well I didn't know that. I think I think
1: the argument is that if, if you're developing something and you think you should use protected or you think you should use private, you should probably use protected. Right. Right. Um,
0: and that's what I tell more junior level developers all the time. There's very few cases where you should use private and you have to know why you're using it. If you do, if you don't know why, just make it protected. You're not really going to hurt anything. And then when you make it private, know why you're doing it.
2: Hey, John, do you have a a link to that article? It's not in the card.
0: I will put a link.
1: I think we should make this this podcast private.
0: I think it already is private. We got like half a listener.
1: (laughs) Yeah, our numbers are going down. I'm
2: not even paying attention anymore.
1: But see, that just makes each listener more special now.
2: I think I think we need to start sending a thank you card out to each of our listeners. Handwritten. All right, I
1: I did a link. That's to the what card. Father's Day and Mother's Day are. Father's Day is the day we uh, send yeah. the you the guys thank your father for listening to your podcast.
2: And there's the there's, well, there's the music letting us know that the show's uh, over.
0: Well, this has been another fun night. We actually talked about a lot of really cool stuff today.
2: I think. We, we did for for such a slow uh, slow week. Normally we have so many more cards in our Trello list. And uh, I think this morning we had like one. Which was talk about the meetup. <laughs>
0: and it is after midnight right now. And I am
2: tired. I am. <laughs> I am spent.
0: This has been another
1: great episode of PHP Ugly.
2: I'm John Congdon. I'm Eric Van Johnson.
1: I'm a little teapot.
2: Thank you for listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast php ugly can be found on twitter at php ugly you can also follow the host tom rydell on twitter at real rydell john Congden on twitter at john congdon and myself eric van johnson on twitter at showcom that's spelled s-h-o-c-m notes and links from this episode can be found on github at github.com forward slash php ugly forward slash podcast